0: what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Hello, and welcome to episode 246 of Public Interest Podcast with your host, Jordan Cooper, where we interview politicians, activists, advocates, and others who seek to improve the state of the world. We're here today with Daryl Urbanski, host of The Best Business Podcast, author of Ancient Secrets of Lead Generation, and founder and president of the thebestbusinesspodcast.ca. Daryl, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing?
1: Jordan, it's an honor and pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me on your show.
0: Great. So the first question, like to pose to you is, what are you currently doing, or what have you ever done to advance the public interest, and why?
1: Ooh, you know, that's um, that's a really broad question. To be honest, there's a really long list. I mean, um, I mean, I've, I, I'm sorry, if I'm muttering, but it's. I mean, I've been doing. I probably have thousands of hours of volunteer work. I've w- worked with United Nations, UNHCR. Worked with Invisible Children, doing awareness campaigns. I've fed children here, and I'm currently in the Philippines. I was going around feeding uh, homeless kids here. On top of that, I just spent six months in Toronto taking care of three cousins with an alcoholic uncle. I uh, got him sober, got him going to the gym, got him reclaiming his health, and helped them kind of change their lives. And since uh, my cousins, but I was 17. 18 and 19 just by having bigger goals than um, what they had and just expanding their mind to what's possible in the world and mm-hmm. help them realize kind of how limiting the life that they've had has been. So there's just a really long list for that. <laughs>
0: well, that's wonderful. But, uh, Let's ground this conversation yeah. right now in the best business podcast now. You've stated on, uh, in prior interviews that you can create a seven-figure automated income stream, which is for our listeners a million dollars or more. Uh, for other individuals, and you're and you're interested in helping teach them how to be entrepreneurs and create and become millionaires. So let's Correct. start there. I guess. Uh, how did you get into this business, and uh, and 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 why are you interested in helping other people become millionaires?
1: Sure. So. Um, yeah, that's a fantastic question. So I, I have a mission to help create 200 new multimillionaire business owners. How? You'll do better when you know better. So this all started obviously on a path to myself, uh, just, you know, uh, being ambitious, being frustrated with working at places where you're just supposed to show up, do your job, and go when I saw that there could be a better way to do things, and just, I guess, maybe just being me in the sense that you can hear I've done a lot of volunteer work, I get involved with a lot of things, so I really have an eye for wanting to do things bigger, better, stronger, faster, and having been in business a few, a few different models of business, I've done a lot of different things. I had a franchise model. I was freelance. I uh, I don't even know. I've done vending machines. I mean, you name it. I've, I've, I've either experienced it or I have friends that I do it. You know, And I had a lot of failure in that. Everybody would to say success, success is many fathers, but failure is an orphan. And I want to tell people that I failed a lot. But I also had some successes where I had some big paydays. I had some fantastic things. Like I got to go back to Japan. I lived in Japan for three years, and I wanted to go back. So I decided to do a launch and promoted a $10,000 30-day tour of Japan, doing my basically the favorite things of my three years that I spent there, and that I speak the language, I would be a guide and take care of everything, yada, yada, yada. Sold a handful of those. And so being an entrepreneur really allowed me to kind of live life on my terms, but it was kind of hit or miss, up and down, feast, famine, you know, like ebb and flow. Um, And so throughout those iterations and ways, I've constantly tried to refine the process, figured out buying coaching, reading books, doing courses, all this sort of stuff. So fast forward, I have this martial arts school and I get involved in, in marketing automation stuff. One of the most powerful developments in the business world, at least, a lot of people were talking about AI and chatbots and this sort of thing, but the most to date that I'm aware of powerful uh, innovation for a lot of businesses is the email autoresponder because not the autoresponder like I email you and I get a bounce back email saying, hey, I'm on vacation, you know, email me in three days or whatever. Like I mean one where you can schedule emails basically until infinity. And I use this and I got involved with some really savvy people that use these in some very sophisticated ways, but also very simple ways as well. For example, when I had my martial arts school, I had an email autoresponder with about 13 emails in it every time someone got injured. So injuries happen, it's a fact of life, and actually most of the industry injuries my students had happened outside of training at my gym, not in class. But they would blow at a knee playing ultimate frisbee or whatever, playing around with the sun. And so I would use the syntax because some people may be aware that you can merge things like someone's name into an email. Well, some of the sophisticated models you can use custom fields, which means you get to designate the, the 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 input. And so I would use the syntax your blank, your thumb, your knee, your shoulder, your back, your you know neck, whatever. And I had these thirteen emails. So when I had students that would get injured, we had an internal kind of web form that we would use um, to update the student's profile to basically say that they've got an injury and it was their you know their knee, their thumb, their whatever. And so right away they would get a message from me, the head coach, right, the owner and head coach. Hey, Jordan, I heard you hurt your, your knee. I'm really sorry to hear that. Here are some of my quick go tos anytime I have an injury, and here's some great resources you should check out. A couple days later, hey, Jordan, just wanted to follow up. How's your knee doing? And I had that that would go on for three and a half, four years. And of course, you're not emailing all the time, right? Months go by, you don't hear from me all of a sudden. Jordan, hey, I know we haven't talked for a while. But, hey, I just wanted to reach out and see how your knee is doing.
0: Mm-hmm. I was watching
1: this movie. The main character hurt his knee. That made me think of you.
0: So are right? you drafting these a- over the course of four years? Or, like, you find out one of your students hurts and his knee and you draft, like, ten emails that you schedule for the forthcoming four years?
1: Correct. Although you do it once and now you use that as a templated system in your business right. that anytime someone is injured, you just put them into that Autoresponder sequence and follow up. So that was a real breakthrough for me. And then I, you know, and I got involved with a lot of other things. And and I mean, we only have half an hour, so let's condense a a lot into a little. But I did this and I had a a nice little tidy martial arts school, doing six figures a year. You know, had some instructors, had a couple sales reps, basically able to do what I want. Which is when I did that trip and went to Japan. But I was helping out some of my friends that had other businesses as well. And I, when I came back from actually right before I left to Japan, one of them, Corey Zierfeld, he had just been promoted to CEO of a company in Ottawa. It was a million dollar company. Just got promoted to CEO. He messaged me, Daryl, this is amazing. You know, I couldn't have done this without you. I'm putting you on retainer as a consultant because I've never been CEO before. I need help. Like, yeah, I need you. And I was about to leave for a month. And I was like, okay, well, you know, let me think about it. I'm going to be gone for 30 days. Talk about what I get back. And while I was gone, I realized one of my favorite things about running the martial arts school. Well, two things was is that with the martial arts school, nobody showed up just to hang out. It wasn't a coffee shop. People showed up to get better. And so I wanted to be involved with people that wanted to be better and to make a difference. And whether it was their life or whatever, right, for their family, for anything, people showed up, they were like, hey, I got caught in this move. I'm never going to let Kyle catch me in that again, you know, or I want to work on my cardio. Everyone wanted to improve. The next thing was I loved the testimonials. I loved, I loved hearing people hear that just by getting in shape and improving their confidence or women that didn't feel so nervous when they were approached that they felt like it made a difference in their lives and that they were better role models for their kids and i love those testimonials and i realized that through every business every business needs a few hundred to a few thousand customers in order to be successful and so if i helped business owners as i had been helping my friends my buddy Corey, another friend who had a florist another buddy who had a garage she was a mechanic that I could have an exponential impact on the world. And that's what really made me want to get involved in this. And then I got a wind of an opportunity to work with John Assaraf from the movie The Secret. And uh, he made me an offer I couldn't refuse, uh, really. like it, was, it dwarfed what I was earning in any capacity, plus the opportunity for growth. And so I went down to San Diego, and I worked with him for about a year and a half, two years, and with them, I realized that everything that I was applying in my smaller businesses was the same. The only thing is that his business had more zeros attached, more fans, more dollar signs, more everything. We did. The company was on the verge of bankruptcy, or at least that's what I was told in a meeting after being there about a month, month and a half. And so suddenly I, was, I just abandoned kind of this martial arts school that I had to kind of go and do this like once a lifetime opportunity to only figure out that I left something that was guaranteed and paying really well for something that may not be there in a couple of months. So I use autoresponders and some of this online marketing technology that's available out there. And I built something evenings and weekends. Of course, with a team. I don't want to make it seem like I'm a lucky troll. Most successes have come with the work and cooperation of a team who knows what they're doing. But with my evening and weekend work, I built an automated funnel that we ended up doing $1.6 million with in about five and a half months. And I've repeated that twice since then. And uh, the, the, the principles work. And when I first did this with John, I remember it was April – and I, I was a little, a little like, bummed out because I was making more money than I'd ever made before. But I made a personal goal. Part of why I went to go work with John was I wanted to make a million dollars. And I was talking to a friend in a coffee shop, you know, and I wanted to make a million dollars, and I'm making great money, but no one here. he goes, well, what about this thing you were doing with John? And I was like, you know what, that's right, let me go home and check. And I realized the company as a whole had done three and a half million dollars, which is a big turnaround from being on the verge of bankruptcy. But also uh, that the thing that I had built that was my initiative, I spent evenings and weekends sweating over at of almost like, you know, panic state for like, what did I do? Did I make a bad decision? Um, like I said, I'd done just over a million, like 1.2 million, and by my birthday, which was the goal I'd set, it will have done 1.6 million, which would have been a clear million-dollar profit. So I talked to my friend, but I said, Daryl, if I knew the people you knew and could have the conversations with them that you are having, I'd be doing multiple million-dollar campaigns as well. And that's where I got the idea of interviewing some of the people that had helped me, that I'd been connecting with, all the courses and programs and you know, shoulder rubbing or elbow rubbing that I'd done, and and set this goal of helping 200 uh, businesses reach that goal because I had done it, and since then, like I said, I've repeated it twice. And so it was something where if the if the plumbing, like, there's no bean counter in the sky that determines how much money you can or cannot make. That doesn't exist. It in a lot of ways, it really is like plumbing or electrical wiring. It's you know, like everyone thinks their business is different, but in a lot of ways, it's not really like. Some of the nuances might be unique, but generally speaking, like when we talked about the autoresponders, the systems, the follow-up systems, because that's what it is, right? You take your best sales rep, and if you hire a new sales rep, you have people shadow him to learn how he does it, how they do You go to buy a McDonald's franchise, they say, hey, come here, let me train you on our operations manual. This is what you say when they first come in. This is what you say the second time they come in, right? It's all a system. It's all a process. It's a similar flow. And so that's why I set the mission for the goal and now- uh, like i said i've got the podcast which is free i've got a program best business workouts this isn't a pitch but it's about working on your business not in it where you know there's something called the 20 mile march so two two expedition teams headed to the south poles from jim Collins' book uh, uh, great by choice two two people racing to beat uh racing to get to the south pole first one sets a plan that no matter what we're going to march 20 miles every single day no matter what rain or shine no matter what the other group says we're going to go as far as we can when the weather is good and we're going to rest and conserve our energy when the weather is bad and only one team made it there alive and that was the team that committed to doing a 20 mile march so part of what i'm doing is i've got kind of free resources like that and i've got this program like I said best business workouts every week they get an exercise which helps them map out and plan their business to work on their business not in it because a lot of business owners really just own a job they you know they don't want to work a nine to five for somebody else they decide to go out on their own and they get caught up doing everything and it's all in their head. And that without them, there is no business. And so this is where I learned developing systems and using software and tools and especially paid marketing. Like there's some there's some secret hacks like uh, joint ventures, affiliate programs. Like Jordan, if you say, Daryl, I really love what you're doing and I want to endorse it, I'm going to promote you to everybody I know, you've got a large following. And you could do that and I could get a huge spike in sales. And some people get really clever and they line a bunch of these up. They get like 50 people, 100 people to promote them. You know, and they they blow up their sales. But the problem is that's not sustainable, you know. And so the biggest difference between a lot of small businesses and bigger businesses, is the ability to do paid advertising, because the business depends on being able to meet new people. So your business needs to solve a problem. Problems are markets. OK, so not a demographic, not soccer moms. It's women who suffer from blank. That's your market. OK, and you can pick a target market. It could just be people who suffer from blank. But I prefer these types of customers. Versus these type of customers, because they have the ability to pay or, you know, whatever that is. And so you focus on that market, but a business depends on meeting new people. I always call, like, whatever your business is, it's a black box. And that's really when you look at franchises, which is, say, have higher success rates than startup businesses. The franchise is just, here's an operations manual, and then they have a marketing headquarters that everybody pitches in to give them a budget for, and they test things small, and when something works, they roll it out to all the locations. And that's because every business needs to be able to get meet new people. So if you have a dentist office, it's, I call that it's a black box. That office needs to run like a well-oiled machine with checklists and quality standards and processes in place we can talk about another time. But reality is someone comes in in pain on one side and leaves happy, smiling, and laughing on the other side, right? And so if you solve that problem, you owe it to the world to find everyone you can who's suffering from something that you can solve. And money is just keeping score. And so even if you have a local business, Why couldn't it be a nationwide franchise if you just understood how to work on a business, not in the business? And so that's kind of where I'm meant to do. I realized that I can have an exponential impact, that I could have, you know, get way more testimonials, whether I get them or not. That's not even, that's not necessarily about, you know, it's not about my ego and gloating, but just I want my life to have meaning. To even go on a deeper level, you know, I was an orphan and I'm 34 years old. I met my biological mom for the first time ever last November. And uh, for me, you know, when you, never, when you don't just belong somewhere, a lot of orphans develop gifts and special talents because they feel like they need to buy in to belong to a group somewhere. And so for me, I really just want to be a value. And so if I can help 200 people grow their businesses to over a million dollars, I'll help them escape that little rat race of the huddle of that I have to be the doer of everything and build something that can actually solve a pain point or problem for people in the world and understand how to grow it and scale it. And a lot of that's going to come through setting up proper systems and processes, documentation, training programs, having you know a company culture that works, that that lives even if you're not there, and then learning how to make paid advertising work because the reality is is that a lot of people when they get into business, you know, I like baking pies. And everyone says I show up at a bakery, and I love baking pies. So I go for hours. I I, I plan my logo and I, I plan the layer of my store and you know, it's so exciting Then I launch and I tell all my family and friends and the outcome, they make their obligatory first purchase. And now I'm so busy cause I got all these orders and now I'm fulfilling the orders and no one is bringing new people through the door. Cause the reality is, is most businesses will have a brand new customer base every six years because most people, right, They move on. Even if you join a gym, you train at the gym a couple of years, something happens, right? You get involved in a new sport, you move, whatever, right? And so, how do you meet new people? And that's where everyone gets caught up and stutters and stops and falters because they hit up their personal networks. And then what? How do you meet somebody new? Well, right, you got to pound the pavement. You got to like all this sort of stuff. And so, paid advertising can be a phenomenal way to get it work. It's it's simple, but it's very difficult. And that's really what separates nationwide brands from small mom and pop shops.
0: So, Daryl, it sounds like what you've done is you've created. Uh, a a system of creating nationwide franchises which enabled you to become a millionaire and then of course you're hoping to create an exponential impact in the world by helping 200 others uh, and and hopefully more than that uh, franchise and create franchises out of their own businesses as well And and it's about taking a business that succeeds on a local level and trying to help it succeed on a national level. Is that a fair approximation of what you're trying to do?
1: Close. A couple of things. One, I'm not a millionaire yet, but I'm definitely on my way there. But two, I have generated multiple millions of dollars for multiple clients, and that's something I want to replicate for other people. So that's definitely true. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a local business that now becomes a franchise. If you have, It depends on what the product or service is. I mean, counseling is something that you could do – Almost in a call center style, not to try to commoditize it, but if you were a psychothera- uh, if you're sorry, a psychoanalyst or a therapist, you don't need to be locally there with the person. Right now, we're talking from other ends of the planet over Skype. So why couldn't you serve people in a certain area if you felt a passion about a certain area of the world? If you saw in the news that there was a national disaster, why couldn't you take your proven method for getting clients in your local community? And put those ads or those social media posts or whatever that is, the processes that you do to meet new people, give them a chance to get to know you, like you, trust you, and give them some sort of low risk, low barrier of entry first kind of put your toe in the water offer to get on a Skype call with you and just hear about their problems and stuff and the pain that them and their family are going through, that the trauma that their kids have experienced. It doesn't have to be a franchise, you know what I mean? With technology today you could have a small remote location that could serve an extremely large market which was another thing i learned working with john because with my martial arts school it was local and the only way to grow was through local buildings but now all of a sudden margins are really high because you've got to have all these leases and rent and equipment blah, blah 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 but with an online business you can serve a really large group of people digital products as well so it just depends but that's where i come back to a business is a business is a business that depends that is the fulfillment part right you have a traffic team You have a conversion team and then you've got your product fulfillment team i mean they said everybody that runs a uh, runs a business needs three key people a marketing person a product person and an operations and finance person and those three people should not be you and they should not be the same person because each requires a special skill set and if your only tool is a hammer every problem looks like a nail so every accountant is not going to see marketing problems as they truly are or should be seen they'll see them from a accounting numbers perspective Right, which may not be human enough. Same thing so, with product. Darryl,
0: well, Daryl, let me interject right here. So, suppose that somebody's listening to this podcast episode and they say, oh, "Great, you know, I have a little bakery," um, and and then the three points you said, and, and I'm the operations person, right? I'm the one who's baking my bread. I'm selling croissants every morning, but I've also had to be the I've, I've had to be the marketing person. I'm creating signs. I'm the one putting ads out there. And in the finance, well. Again, I'm, I'm running a back room. Maybe my uh, spouse is helping out. So you're saying that I need to find a marketing person, an operations person, and a finance person, and I can only be one of those three?
1: No, I'm telling you you need to work on your business, not in it. And so you need to wear all those hats right now because that's how you have things up and running. But you need to get out of there. So first thing of all, if you want to make $100 an hour, stop doing $10 an hour work. When you look up the word entrepreneur in the dictionary, it says the person who organizes the business or businesses. It doesn't say the person who answers the phone, mocks the floor, cleans the toilet, creates the product, answers the call, does the accounting. It doesn't say that. person who organizes it, so that's where you should be organizing team, where the sum is greater than the whole, and there's an adequate amount of profit left over where you can collect the salary for having organized the group and the team and systemize and maintain quality control. That this you know because the other thing is when you go through a drive-through no one's like hey Sally got tired today and was sick the so sorry drive-throughs closed that doesn't happen in a proper business right mm-hmm. but that happens in the bakery that you mentioned someone goes away for a few days they're closed down because we're going away oh, okay well that means that you're no longer serving the need of the people more and so while you're away like people you know people have their lives right so I might love your bakery but if I come to you every day at lunch and you decide to go away for a week I gotta eat every day. Right, I got to go somewhere. So the solution is to work on your business, not in it. And that is where you look at it as a machine that you step outside of, and you look at, okay, what are the parts? Do you know what I mean? What are the different components? What are the pieces? What is the client experience from beginning to end? We call it the power of one. If you only had one customer, what would you want their experience to be? Could you draw that on a map like an assembly line process, from the very first time they hear of you, see you, meet you, to their very first taste of your food, versus getting them to come back over and over and over? Mm -hmm. right how do you plan that and then how do you document all the tasks that need to happen and then organize those tasks and because a lot of people hire for titles like even at the beginning of this interview you asked me what my titles were and inside i kind of laughed because that's a that's a common thing that people do but Especially when you're building a business, it's a terrible way like, oh, I need a secretary. Let me hire a secretary. You should do what a secretary does. Well, what does a secretary do? Well, I don't know. Let me go through a list of tasks that really have to happen, and maybe you don't need a secretary. Maybe you realize, oh, I need a mailroom girl or who knows what, right? That's old because we don't really have mailrooms anymore. But the idea is that you need to create these, once you have this workflow process of how things happen in your business, from the customer experience perspective, from beginning to end, right, where they now refer their friends to you and then hopefully come back or pass on or sign up for a subscription program of yours, right, now you come back and you go, okay, what are all the tasks that have to happen to make this experience flow and work? What are the emails and messages that need to be sent? You know, any any good sales rep will know that you have to have a process and a system for following up with people. This is the first email I send. This is the second email I send. If they don't respond, this is the third email I send. If they don't respond, hey, here's the appointment reminder message I do for them. That's a system and a process, and you have to get that documented and laid out so it's not in your head. So the business doesn't rely on you, so you can show it to somebody else and train someone else on it. And now your business can have a sustainability, and it can have like a, a presence in the world where it will function and solve people's problems, whether you are working or not. And so that's where I say for the, the bakery, she needs to really figure out who does she serve? What problem does she solve for people? So Daryl, you know, and when you get really clear, go ahead. Um, well, I'll
0: let you finish that thought. And then we are approaching the, the end of the podcast. So once you finish that thought, I'd like to ask you to uh, speak about, Some of your motivations, you're clearly a very passionate person. You're very interested in helping people have business success. I guess what is it that motivates you and what do you hope will be the ultimate legacy of uh, all of your time spent trying to help other people have businesses? And clearly you've stated you as a legacy. You'd like to have multiple, specifically 200 businesses succeed and reach a million dollar goal. Uh, but what, I guess, is your mo- – because you reflect on your motivation and what you hope in a larger perspective will be the legacy of your work uh, to help people with uh, create better businesses. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if you look at the world, there only really seems to be two states of existence, growth and decay. There doesn't really seem to be a lot that stays still or stays still for long, right, depending on what kind of timescale you look at. So the, the focus has to be on growth. And so for me, I want my life to mean something. I don't know why. I don't know where it comes from. But I just can't sit around and do some part. I'm not that guy. I am not that. Guy. I can't walk down the street, see an old lady have all these grocery bags falling apart and be like, geez, let me stop and help you with that. I'm not that guy. I have to stop and help. I just can't. You know, even especially when I go to a restaurant, like this has happened, I was on a date, excuse me, I was on a date a couple of years ago now. But I, I just—it happens all the time. I was on a date, went to this beautiful new Indian restaurant that had just opened up, and I could—it was—it was amazing. It was a great restaurant, food was fantastic. The waiters were all in these beautiful little tuxes, but it was empty. There was me, the girl I was there with, and a couple other couples. But they had room for like fifty couples, a hundred couples, and there was three. And I couldn't relax because I knew the owners probably in the back room panicking because this is like six o'clock. You know what I mean? It's like six o'clock on a Thursday night, Friday night. Like, hey, if you're going to make money, this is the time for that location. That. You know, so I just can't relax and know that. And the reality is, I mean, that's my tagline. Your success is my success. And so I always said, even a long time ago, I don't need to be rich. If I can just make money doing everything that I love to do, that's all I really need. And hey, maybe I don't even need to make money doing it all. If I help out my buddy who has a gym all the time, then maybe I get that membership for free. Like, we're social creatures and we depend on helping each other. And as I said before, I've been an orphan, so I've depended a lot on people's help. Otherwise, my life story would have been totally different. So I don't know where the motivation comes from. I want to have kids. I want to have people take care of them and, and appreciate them and help them if I'm not around to help them at all. And I want to have a lot of kids, so maybe that's part of it too. But at the end of the day, I think we all want to die and have our life mean something. I don't know if people think about their death often enough because for a lot of us, we're probably closer to that than we are at the beginning of our lives. And the reality is we're going to be dead for a lot longer than we're going to be living. And so what's that legacy going to be? What's that that's going to carry on? The volunteer work has just really opened my eyes to see the world and see how common we all are and see a lot of the suffering that's needless and goes on. And I think that entrepreneurship is a really powerful thing. I mean, some people are afraid of global warming. Some people are afraid of disease and famine. I mean, there's so many plate people in the world that don't have access to clean water or, you know, all – and it's, it's entrepreneurship that's going to solve it. It's not going to be a government that's going to come in and solve everything for everybody. We have to motivate the people who are motivated and empower them to help others, which is why I say business the problems are markets, not a demographic. And if you've learned how to solve a problem, you can now solve that problem. That's why the goal is a million dollars. It's not the million dollars. It's the ability. It's the scale. It's the ability to help. How would you help 10,000 people? How would you take on 10,000 new leads? How would you handle 10,000 refund requests? How would you ask for 10,000 referrals? Like, do you know what I mean? It's that process of scale to actually make an impact and a difference in this planet. So that's just part of my motivation. I mean, you know, before it was just to make a million dollars for myself, which I didn't end up doing for myself. I haven't done yet. I'm on my way there, I'm getting there. You know, every year I get closer. (laughs) But now that I know that I have the ability and that I can step into a company and I can add $600,000 to their bottom line in six months, do you know what I mean? That I can take a company doing 20 grand a month and help them do 100,000 to 600,000 in a single month. Now I'm like, that's a power. That's, that's something that's kind of cool. I mean, and it's, you know, and it, and it doesn't, there's only so many hours in a day, so it's not like I'm working 36 hours in a 24-hour period. I'm just, I've figured something out. And hey, let me share that with you because if I share that with enough people, then, you know, maybe it doesn't matter if the world economy collapses. Maybe it doesn't matter if all this stuff happens because if I've helped enough people out, then maybe I'll be okay no matter what happens in the future, whether I've got a million dollars in my bank or not. And mm-hmm. so that's part of where the motivation comes from, I guess. And, uh, and the other reason is why not? Like, what else am I going to do? Sit around and watch Game of Thrones? Like you, know, like, you know, like after a while, you get bored of that. People are always like, oh, if I made a ton of money, I would sit on the beach. Okay, I've done that. Been there, done that. You know what you do? You, get, you, 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 you dive in deep to your vices. You go, man, this is not who I am. This is not where I want to be. I do not want to destroy my relationships, and hopefully you're like me and you get out before it goes too far, but, you know, it's just not fun, and anybody I know that's had any form of success, all of a sudden it becomes about giving back, because once you kind of get anything or have access to anything and everything that you want, you know, you just lay around all day, you still want, I mean, this is the retiree issue, like, what am I doing, waiting around to die? Like, you need purpose and meaning in your life, that's why, you know, like, a lot of retirees are getting second careers and third careers or volunteering or something, like, why am I getting up in the morning? So...
0: So that has been uh, Daryl Urbanski, host of the Best Business Podcast, author of Ancient Secrets of Lead Generation, founder and president of bestbusinesscoach.ca, who does not wish to be defined by those titles, but uh, acknowledges <laughs> that they may be helpful <laughs> for listeners to understand who he is among the 246 episodes on Public Interest Podcasts we've done to date. Daryl speaks about his desire to be of value and help others be of value. He continually returns to this theme of giving back and as a, as a means of finding purpose and meaning. Uh, it's uh, uh, Despite many failures that he has enumerated throughout his life, uh, he has always been able to live life on his own terms. He's able to uh, show up each and every day to try to get better, just like what his clients want to do when to, at the uh, martial arts studio. And he seeks to make a difference in that world. And that gives him meaning every day in his life. And in this way, by... Helping others make a difference, uh, especially through digital media, he hopes to have an exponential impact on the world. Where he reduces his margins by uh, and increases his scale and access in global markets through uh, through franchises and through podcasts and through a variety of different digital um, outreach tools, such as his uh, uh, his email scheduling uh, online marketing platform, he's able to help an exponential array of individuals. Uh, who he hopes will be able to solve some of the greatest challenges facing humanity today uh, through entrepreneurship. Uh, and so with that, Daryl, I'd like to thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you. It's been an honor and a pleasure, and I sincerely hope that someone gets value from this. And if you're going through hell, just keep going. No reason to never, ever, ever give up. You, know? you only have one life to live. You can fail at doing what you don't want to do, so you might as well just... Shoot for the moon, and hopefully, you'll land amongst the stars. So, thank you, Jordan. I appreciate the time today, and I think what you're doing here is awesome. And if there's anything I can do to support you, please let me know.
0: This has been another episode of Public Interest Podcast with your host, Jordan Cooper, where we interview politicians, activists, advocates, and others who seek to improve the state of the world. I'll remind you to subscribe on publicinterestpodcast.com and on iTunes. Leave a review of this podcast on iTunes and listen on Stitcher, SoundCloud, CastBox, Blueberry, Player FM, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Should you wish to comment on this episode, you're welcome to leave a voicemail at 240-630-0380. And the first three minutes of that voicemail may be played in future episodes of Public Interest Podcast. Should you wish to support the podcast, you're welcome to leave a contribution in an amount that you feel comfortable with. At publicinterestpodcast.com. dot com. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.